be with you guys. As they're uh, <clears throat> doing the offering, I, it gives me a chance to just kind of connect with you. Um, I want to make sure that you know, I, a lot of you have been with me before here, but we have, um, I'm not just here tonight, I'm with you guys tomorrow night here in your uh, chapel area at 7 o'clock. We teach a course called Discovering Your Destiny. And the purpose of it is, is all of you have been created in the image of God. God's created you with a specific purpose. But the idea of how do you discover that, that ended up kind of being the big question I had at a certain point in my walk with the Lord. And so out of God's kindness, he kind of gave me some strategies and some teachings. And out of it, what we do is we help you focus on the fact that God has not only created you on this planet with a purpose, but to actually figure out the simple steps to actually engage in it. And every time we do this, just so you guys understand, I've had to go through this, and everyone that I've um, had the opportunity to teach about this has had to go through this. When you discover you have a destiny, the neatest thing happens, you have to face the giants that are in your soul or the fear that you have about God actually wanting to use you. And so I always thought, well, it's just a teaching course, but it's actually more of an inner healing course because once we discover what God's called us to do, we have to believe in who God says we are, and we have to learn to stretch our faith to do that. So if you're interested in that tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, please come and join us in the chapel. Uh, we're going to be, just so you know, through the summer, we're going to be wrapping this up, and starting in the fall, I'm going to switch, and we're going to be t uh, doing a class called Becoming a Prayer Warrior. So I'm going to move it in September to How to Be a Prayer Warrior. So come. Enjoy the stuff with destiny. You can come at any point. We'll teach it to you. So grab your Bibles right now. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and let's go ahead and look at the scripture tonight. If you were with me last month, I must have been translated into the future and then came back and taught you because I was teaching out of 2 Corinthians. Uh, so with that, uh, trying to figure out how I even came to that conclusion, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And I'm going to be looking at verse 1 through 4 specifically tonight. Um, as you guys have been here, if you've been coming on Wednesday night, they've been working through 1 Corinthians. And when we get to chapter 12, 13, and 14, um, especially for people that believe in the life of the Spirit or in the gifts of the Spirit, this ends up becoming a very interesting chapter on, is God still doing this today? Um, are the gifts available? What do we mean by giftedness? What, what is the idea that Paul is trying to communicate? First and foremost, just so if you, if you haven't had any of this as a foundation, uh, the gifts have not changed because the God hasn't changed. His nature is the same, and he does certain things a certain way. He wasn't trying to show off in the first century and then said, well, I'm tired of that, and I'll just go figure it out in your own effort. He's still with us. He still wants to move through you and I, and, and he actually has this assumption, and I kind of agree with him. He knows how to love people better than we do. So it's important for us to let him work through us to demonstrate that love. So he, he talks about the gifts, he introduces them, and then he comes to chapter 13 and he says, okay, now, if you're going to function in these things, you've got to understand how important the love of God is. And then he actually goes through, what is the love of God? And he, he begins to say, now, God's love is different than ours, and it's, so li it's like this. It has this demonstration to it. And then we come into chapter 14, and now he's going to go back to tongues and prophecy. Now, just to introduce that before I get specifically at the passage, prophecy in chapter 
um, 12 and 14 and tongues in chapter 12 and 14 are described by the Apostle Paul as sign gifts. Therefore, a sign. And so, and he's talking about when we gather in the name of the Lord. So specifically in Paul's teaching, he's saying, now when we gathered in the name of the Lord, the Lord has two sign gifts that he's always wanting to demonstrate among his people for a specific purpose. The first one is speaking in tongues, and the second one is prophecy or prophesying. Now, the reason why he says that is he says he's doing it intentionally because tongues are for unbelievers or the unlearned. So have you guys ever been in a church service and, and think, man, I hope they don't speak in tongues, and then someone does? You think, now I've got to explain that to all my friends and family. Well, God did that on purpose because he wants to get their attention. The purpose of tongues and the expression of the body of Christ is to say, you don't know me the way you need to, so I'm going to speak in a language you don't understand to get your attention. Then he, takes, he says, prophecy is for believers, and the reason is, is you know God. So he wants to speak plainly to you, and he wants to encourage you. So those are the ideas of the signs. Now, when we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let's look at it. Verse 1, pursue love yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands but. In his spirit he speaks mysteries. But the one who prophesies speaks to men for their edification, exhortation, and consolation. The one who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Wow, we have a lot to get through here now. Let's go ahead and begin to work through it. Let's start with verse 1, back up, and just start this idea of where it says, er, now I'm looking at the Greek New Testament, it says, earnestly pursue love. Interesting enough, this word earnest is actually interesting. Today and the day we live, we think earnest means an emoting of our soul. Oh, I really want something. That's not what the word earnest means here in the Greek New Testament. It actually means if you and I went hunting right now, the idea of planting to hunt, tracking game, and finding it to actually kill it, that's the idea of pursue. It means you're intentional about it, you focus on it, you give your attention to it, you make this season of your life, this thing that is so intense in your life that you have to meet love. That's what it's saying here for the word earnest. It says, earnestly pursue love. Now, why is it saying this as we're moving into tongues and prophecy? Because this is the only thing that brings you into maturity, and it's the only thing that makes it healthy is when we stay in love, functioning in giftedness. And so he's, now he's now laying down the track, and he's saying, now, if you're going to go after these things, there's nothing wrong with wanting them, there's nothing wrong with pursuing them, but have the right foundation in it. Connect with the love of God before you move in giftedness, and then you'll move into a mature place of functioning. So he's saying, make love actually the overarching standard of this whole idea of giftedness. Now, doesn't that sound logical and the wisdom of God saying, if God is love, wouldn't it be wise for us to stay in the love of God to do anything to represent the Lord? Any level of, of giftedness or me trying to function with the Lord, when I move out of love, I notice that it always causes a wrong impact in people's lives when my focus isn't to love them. And that's what Paul is emphasizing here. Make this something that you actually intentional about, you pursue, and you do not give up until you step into 
the love of God. Then it says, earnestly desire now spiritual gifts. Now, interesting enough, I'm going to give you the correct translation. The word earnest in the first part is a specific Greek word. This word for earnest or desire, it, desire has several words in the Greek New Testament. One means the core of something. That's not the Greek word here. The word earnestly desire spiritual gifts is actually the word, it's, the, it's a uh, verb tense of a word, um, zealous. Now, zealous is interesting because it's the word for zeal. Now, isn't that interesting? So when it says desire these things, it's actually not saying come out of the core of yourself. The word zealous or the Greek word here that's being used for this word desire, and sometimes I wonder why they translate it that way, it actually means to burn for something. And the word zealous doesn't just mean burn. It means to burn with purpose. Isn't that interesting? Are you guys like me? I want to burn for Jesus, right? Don't we all think, well, I'm going to go my whole entire life, and I'm just going to burn for Jesus, and then I'm going to die. Well, that sounds biblical, doesn't it? The problem is, is God doesn't want you to just be set on fire and be consumed for no reason. He wants you to burn with a purpose. Now think about it. Hotly pursue, make it your intent to be in love, and now let the burning of God with a purpose make you move towards spiritual gifts. So it's saying, if you're going to go for spiritual gifts, make it intentionally that you burn for it. Now, how do you create a burning inside your life? How do you burn for something? Well, Paul gave us one key. You function in the love of God. But here, he's actually saying, if this word zealous is being used, it's actually talking about a focus. So, you guys ready? There's this burning that comes from spiritual gifts that you will not experience unless you function in them. You'll actually experience the, the zeal of the Lord when you want to love people through spiritual gifts. And Paul is saying, now catch on to that. If that's what it means to function in giftedness, make sure that's your pursuit to constantly enter into a burning experience of the Spirit of the Lord when he comes to minister his love to people. Make that your focal point. A lot of people think it actually means, well, I just want to learn the gifts. No, the gifts, all the gifts, what we're going to talk about now, are just keys to have spiritual encounters. They're just keys to have spiritual encounters. We define them so we understand them, but they're to have spiritual encounters. Now, let's keep moving on in the passage. Earnestly pursue love, earnestly desire now spiritual gifts. Interesting enough, Greek New Testament word is not charisma. That's the word spiritual gifts. This is the word, it's pneumakeia. And you're thinking, well, great, thanks for telling me that Greek word. But it's, there's a reason why Paul used this. This is not, when I look at it, it should be translated spirituals. Now, that doesn't make any sense to anybody. So the translators say, well, everything that God gives us is a gift, so we'll just call it spiritual gifts. The correct translation of this Greek New Testament word is spiritual encounters. So, so far, I've kind of decimated the New Testament, I mean, the English translation. So let me translate it, hopefully, correctly. Hotly pursue love. Have zeal for spiritual encounters. That's the way it should have been translated. Okay, now, isn't that interesting? He's already described giftedness. Now he's saying, now how do you actually function in it? Pursue love. Have zeal for spiritual encounters. 
Now, guys, have you ever sat in a room or gone to a church and they said, now, look, our goal here is to have spiritual encounters with God, living, dynamic, spiritual encounters every time we gather together. It's not enough to talk about our history in God without spiritual encounters with God right now. And if we don't create an atmosphere where God can come in the midst of us every time we meet, we are missing the zeal of the Lord that God wants to give us. Now, there's a reason why God wants us every time we meet and we come together. You, there's an effect that sin has on you on a weekly basis. You guys ever recognize the effect that sin has? Living, not you sinning, just living in a fallen world. What does sin actually do to your, your soul when you're around it, observing it, and being in the middle of it? Well, it has three effects, but one that I like using is this. Sin has a stupefying effect. Sin has a stupefying effect on you. Now, what do I mean by stupefying? It doesn't mean you become dumb. It means you become dull. You lose hope. Discouragement becomes a normal part of you, and doubt, your soul just gets washed constantly with doubt as you're in the environment of being around sin. Why? Because sin is opposite of what God has created you and I to live in, and when you're around it, it actually depletes you and draws you into depression. God knows that. And so he says, now when you come together, you meet in my name, however you do it, let me come in the middle of you so I can give you hope, strength. You have spiritual encounters so that you're constantly coming into a state of renewal. Now, have you guys ever thought of that or considered that? Now, think about it. We look at encounters with God as events we go to. So a special speaker shows up, and then we all get hit by God and you know, I hope we do that a little more often. So that, But God's saying, no, every time you come together, the Spirit of the Lord is willing to come in the midst of you, and He wants you to have, be encountered by Him because of the effect that living in a fallen culture is produced inside your soul. And He's saying, you've got to now take your attention and focus it the way that God is. If God is wanting you to give this, He wants you to turn your attention to it and pursue it. All right, let's keep moving on. Then it says, if you're going to have spiritual encounters... What should happen out of your spiritual encounters, especially that you may prophesy? Now, the word especially here, the, the Greek word malon, is actually means this should, so out of all spiritual encounters you have, this should be the highest priority that you should get from the encounter. Boy, that actually should tell you something about how God views the gift of prophecy. He's saying it's, it's the highest priority when you have a spiritual encounter. You should be prophesying from that spiritual encounter. He's actually saying in God's kingdom, since God wants to speak to his people constantly because the effect of what God's voice does to the people of God, he's saying this is the highest priority that God has. When you have spiritual encounters, you should expect that you should be prophesying from it. God wants to give it to you. That's the gift. Isn't that wonderful? Are you guys with me so far? Even though it's June? Let's move on to verse 2. So it says, The one speaking in a tongue, uh, I'm reading out the Greek, not men, uh, so one speaking in sp tongues speaks to God, not to men. Now, what is he trying to get across here? He's saying, okay, now if you're going to have zeal, pursue spiritual encounters so that you can prophesy. And then he's saying, now let's take the tongues and let's work through the purpose of this. When you speak a tongue among believers and people who do not know the Lord or are not gifted experience that, 
You're speaking a mystery or you're speaking to God, not to men. Now, this is the important thing. I've, when I first got around tongues, the whole idea of tongues, the first part of the, my history in Jesus is I hang out with a portion of the body of Christ that hated the gift of tongues and accused people that spoke in tongues as being of the devil. Now, I don't know if you've had any of that background, but uh, for my brothers and sisters that have uh, teach that still, I feel sorry for them because they're contradicting God's word, basically. But the reality of it is, is it says you're speaking a language that is foreign to you, and it's to God, and it says that men aren't going to understand it. So this idea that I have to speak a language that men know so that it's, we can recognize it as being true, it contradicts what the passage just said here. It says you're speaking a language to God. No one understands it. In fact, it actually says tongues are of what? Men and of angels. Now, how many of you have heard the language of angels, and you know it well enough that you could translate it? So do you guys see, he's trying to say this is a spiritual thing. You're not trying to prove it because you spoke Spanish and you've never done that. Which I've been around people that have spoken in tongues and have spoken in uh, languages of different cultures. And that has been one way that God's expressed it. But if no one understands it, it doesn't mean you're not speaking in tongues. It means that you're speaking in language unto God. Okay, now the next thing it says this. And it says it's for the Lord. Now, it says... Um, he, and then it says, and when you speak in tongues, you're uttering mysteries. Now, when I was looking this up, I actually went, wow, I actually never saw this in the passage before. When it says that you and I speak in tongues and we do it in front of a bunch of people and it's a sign gift to people, when we speak it to the Lord, it's a mystery. Now, the word mystery can mean different things in different times in human history. A lot of times people think a mystery is something that no one can ever figure out. Back in the day when the word mystery was being used, especially here, the word that's being used in the Greek New Testament, the word mystery means it's something that you cannot figure out in your natural ability, but you can figure out by revelation. So you guys get it? If I speak in a tongues, I've actually, that's one of the keys that lets me have a supernatural encounter, and I can actually go back to the Lord and say, what was it I was saying to you? And he can tell me by revelation, this is what you just prayed. So a lot of people think, well, you know, here in the passage it says someone has to interpret. Yeah, that's one of the ways it's doing it, but it's saying here, when you speak to God in a tongue, you're speaking a mystery, and the word that's used for mystery means mystery to the natural mind, but can be understood by asking God to give you a revelation. So that actually opens you up to realizing this. You realize you can go around speaking in tongues and asking God, now what is it I'm praying about? Remember? It not only has the benefit of edifying your soul while you're doing it, but God's actually saying he'll even tell you what you're praying about if you just go to him and go, what is this about? What are we, what are we entering into? So it's a mystery that you should discover. And then it goes on to this. Now he's going to go Jump back to prophecy, and he says, Now the one who prophesies to men speaks for edification, encouragement, consolation. All right, let's go ahead and just work through the three. If you guys have ever heard this, let's just develop the three and talk about it. First, how do I prophesy, or what is, what's the idea of prophecy? The idea is to stand before God, he, have a spiritual encounter, and basically say, out of your love, what do you want me to say to this person that's in front of me? Out of your love, what do you want me to say? 
and you're trying to, you guys ready? When you and I are trying to prophesy, it's not that I'm trying to get, you know, in the day and age we go through different seasons with prophecy. It's not just accurate information. That's one thing God might want to be saying. But God has, out of his love, things he wants to say to people that they need to hear at certain seasons of their life to actually encourage them, which we're going to work through, strengthen them, and restore them. Now, the way that this gift is used, at least as it's describing with the church in Corinthians, is they do this every time they get together, every time. So if you guys ever come to church and need God to encourage you, saying the whole body of Christ should be doing this, where we get before the Lord and we just stand in his love and we go, okay, well, this person right next to me, what do you want to say to him? Or is there someone in the room you want me to find to tell him something? Uh, when I used to do this in Kansas City, when I was training in the prophetic ministry students, part of the assignment we had to learn to do is to get out of our own comfort zone. Do you guys ever have to learn to do that? It's where you go to a service and you ask God to give you 10 people to encourage. And what happens is you start realizing when you enter into a building and your heart turns to loving people with God's love, he'll just show you things about people. Um, I had students that didn't think they could hear from the Lord, and as we forced them to go to church and get 10 words or give words to leaders or just practice it all the time, look through the church and see if God points out someone, we started seeing that God was speaking all over the place. We just didn't realize it was that available because we had never set our heart to letting God use us that way. We were kind of coming and hanging out with believers, and we believed the focus of the gathering was to be entertained. Or if someone moved in spiritual gifts, it was their turn, not my turn. Well, in the Corinthian letters, he's saying, no, actually, when you all come together, you're meeting the Lord. You should all be expecting Jesus to say, hey, it's your turn. Go do it. All right, let's work through it. When you prophesy to men, it's it's, you're to speak to them for their edification, their encouragement, and their consolation. The word edification is interesting. It, it means to... Um, has two ideas. It means to build a house, and it also means to stimulate to life. Now, the reason why the Bible uses that term when you speak prophecy to people, what do, it's asking really a question because all prophecy is is God's voice. What does God's voice do when it's spoken to a person? If you have ever had the Lord speak to you or ever show you something and God is loving on you, all of a sudden you feel strength come in you. Like, Remember, that what's the purpose of the voice of the Lord? To release faith inside your soul. Well, how do you describe what faith is like inside your soul when you experience it? It's like literally being strengthened. All of a sudden, you were weak from something that's going on in your life, and because the Lord has spoken out of his love to you, that love of God comes into your soul, and it causes an infusion of love to actually stimulate you to where you feel strong. Um. There have been many times where um, I'm just kind of doing my thing and someone prophesies to me and I literally feel like I've been rejuvenated and I can um, like go rip wallpaper off the wall. I mean, it's just amazing how the power of God can come into you and that's the idea. Sin has discouraged you. You have life situations that make you feel like you want to give up and God wants to come to you and he wants to speak to you and actually so encourage you that you overcome that thing by being edified. Then it uses the next word. It uses the word encouragement. Now here we have the word courage, 
but it, 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 it does mean to stimulate or it does carry the idea of putting courage inside of you. But it, it also, it's kind of interesting, it also means to um, release a form of healing. So when we prophesy to each other, which is really interesting, and you're going to find this in the next word too, the word encouragement means not just to give courage to you, but it means to actually go to places where you have weakness or you feel defeated or your soul is hurting. And when God speaks, it's literally like a healing bomb of the Lord comes over your soul and actually restores you. Now, if that's actually true, do you see why Paul is saying if you're going to have spiritual encounters and the benefit of it is you prophesy, look at what's going to happen when you minister to people. It's going to set them on fire and anywhere where they have pain in their soul, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come and He's going to mend that as you're prophesying to them. See, it's not enough for God to tell you I have a hope and a future for you. In the hope of the future, you've got to experience the tangible presence of the Lord. And when the tangible presence of the Lord comes, He doesn't just come to give information like Google. He comes to restore out of that information. And so when God has us minister to each other and prophesy, healing and encouragement comes out of the healing. Let's take the next word. <clears> the <throat> word is consultation, or it could be a comfort. Now, that actually carries the word healing, but I, I want to be very specific, okay, as I use this. I want to explain it very specifically. Most people believe that when God is going to approach them, he's pretty much upset with them. Even though we know there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, most people don't believe that. And so they expect that when God draws near to them, all he wants to tell them is how disappointed he is with them or how full of sin they are. And pretty much you guys all have a belief that you're going to heaven, but it's only by the skin of your teeth. Right? And so because that is a natural, because even though we have the Bible is very straightforward to tell you that God loves you and I, and he tells us our identity. It doesn't connect a lot of times in experience. So this word is a beautiful word. I love this word. It means to heal, but it means, by, means to heal by showing tender mercy. Okay, so isn't that interesting? Most people look at the foundation of prophetic ministry as God coming among you and saying, Stop sinning! Stop being rebellious. Stop being immature. But the Bible's actually saying here, no. The way that God comes in prophetic ministry is he comes and he shows you tender mercy as he speaks a word to you so that your soul comes into right relationship with him and you realize he actually loves you. So have you guys ever been around the group that is just trying to figure out what prophetic ministry is and they think it's supposed to look like an Old Testament prophet says, point at people, be angry at them, and yell them, don't you realize God kind of hates your guts? I mean, that's what most people think is going to happen. And somehow, I don't know where people, it's like we don't read stuff about Old Testament prophets where they're telling you about the mercy of God and that God loves his people and all those other, we just get this weird, unbiblical picture of what this looks like. And so when we get in the body of Christ, we think, well, when it's expressed, why does God come so lovingly and so tenderly? Because he's trying to do something to his people that he has no condemnation over. The way for you to mature is to be shown tender mercy. 
the way for you and I to be nurtured properly by the Lord is to be shown tender mercy. So if we're maturing and prophesying to people, there should be a demonstration of not only in my attitude, but the way that I minister to people, there should be this demonstration of the tender mercy of God being shown because that will awaken me to love God more and grow up. I was invited down to a church in um, Texas, and I'm, I'm finishing my session on teaching on something on prayer, and I had several words, and I call out this lady in the back. And I'm looking at her, and I just tell her, um, some simple things like, hey, did you know God is for you and not against I mean, just really simple words. God is for you. He's not against you. And you're pleasing to the Lord. That's all I'm hearing the Lord say as I'm prophesying. You're pleasing to the Lord. And she just, and, uh, and a couple hundred people, she busts out crying in front of everybody. And for life me, I can't figure out why people do this. And she falls down and starts sobbing. All right, so here we talked about spiritual encounters. I'm just sharing that with her. She breaks down and starts sobbing. And I didn't think, uh, you guys, have you ever tried to weigh words you give to people? That wasn't very powerful. God loves you and thinks you're great. I mean, how, I mean, aren't you guys like me? If I can't tell them their address and what time they woke up last night and what they dreamed, it, it doesn't mean anything. But that's me evaluating how God should do ministry. So um, I get done doing that, and the pastor of the church comes up to me and he says, Hey, Brian, um, can I have a talk with you about that last word you gave? Now, if you guys have ever experienced this because of my own woundedness, that, to me, when I first started doing that, I thought, well, that's just like going to the principal when you're in grade school. Now he's going to correct me, so I thought, now I wonder what I did wrong. So I'm, I'm heading to his office with him, and we're sitting down, and he says, can we go over that last word? I have a question for you, and I said, yeah, let's do it. And he says, well, first, I want to know, could you tell me why God had you pick out that person? Now, how do you, I mean, how do you answer that question? I said, well, I guess he loves her, and he wanted to minister to her. And he said, well, the reason I'm asking is on the front row is my staff. We've gone through the hardest season of our church life, and they all need words. And the woman that you picked out in the back row, she's the person that's been causing those most problems in the church. So here I have a staff that's faithful to the Lord. You didn't call out any of them. You called out the person that caused the most problems and gave him a positive word. He said, why didn't God scold that woman? <laughs> I think those are legitimate questions. And so, I, well, I, I said, God, I mean, when you're on the spot, you go, I don't know how to answer that. And so, well, I said, the only thing I can kind of say to you is, you know, it's really simple. God knows what he's doing. And there's a reason why he does things that we don't do. We don't do things the same way he does. It kind of fulfills the scripture that God's ways are not our ways. And I said, you know, I, I don't know what's going to come out of this, but there's a specific reason in front of all, the, all your staff that are worn out that he called it the person that causes the most problems in the church and blessed her. I mean, that's all I could leave with. And so, you know, monthly, I thought, well, that'll be the last time I go to that church because I can't minister properly to people. So I'm kind of doing my thing, and about three months later, I get an email from that pastor, and he wants to revisit it again. He said, hey, do you, and he told me, do you remember you called out that lady, and I told you, and I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he, he said, Here, this, uh, he goes, uh, this is what I can't figure out. 
That woman has caused problems for I don't know how many people in the church. She's frustrated everybody on staff, but when you gave her those simple words, she said something broke in her. And for the first time in her Christian experience, she experienced the love of God. And she says, I, he goes, I don't understand this, but it's like we've done counseling with her, counsel, 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 and nothing is getting a breakthrough. And when you gave those simple words, it got through to her. She, sa- he sa- she is a completely different person. He says, if you come back and talk to her now, you wouldn't believe how God has changed her through that. Now, look at what we just discovered in the passage. If we pursue these spiritual encounters and then we prophesy out of them, when we prophesy these edification, exhortations, and words of consolation, they have a spiritual encounter. And whatever needs to change inside of them, God will release it and set them free. This is why a lot of times we look at it and we think, well, prophecy is so weak because it it looks weak as we're doing it. But there's an intentionality why it looks weak. It's not for your benefit. It's for the benefit of the person you're ministering to. And God has promised that if we will do this as a people of God, he will change them no other way except that way if we will engage in it. I have seen through prophesying for more than 20 years now, hopeless cases get breakthroughs because we're just doing a simple thing of prophesying to them. Simple thing. Catching the love of God. Speaking it in a situation. Understanding that's how God has determined he wants to do this. And watching the Holy Spirit just get unleashed on an individual and do wonderful things in their life. It's just, you guys ready? After doing this for 20 years, I don't want to ever leave a season of my life where I don't do this. It is wonderful to be in the middle of this ministry of the Lord. Are you guys ready? That's what he's inviting. This is why we're looking at it now. He's inviting you into this tonight. This is your inheritance. This isn't for a few prophets. This is for all of us. All of you have been given the inheritance to prophesy. You get the fun journey of taking those simple little words like, well, I think God just wants me to tell you he loves you. We think, oh, that's just not powerful. If it's from God, it's powerful. That is what he has ordained to break a person through in their life. And so we want to join him in that. Let's look at the last part. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. The one speaking in tongue edifies himself. The one who prophesies, the church he edifies. So he's, now it's talking about, now God doesn't, it isn't the idea that God doesn't want you edified. Now catch this. This is the same word for edification. It's saying, now think about it. What if I'm in a group and they don't prophesy? Well, the Bible said, well, you don't have to miss out. Just start praying in tongues. And you'll edify your own soul. The same word that's used for edifying a person when you prophesy is the same word that's used for you to edify your own soul. So it means the same strengthening that you get when you prophesy to another person, you can give yourself anytime you want, just enter into speaking in tongues. So you don't have to wait until we gather. What if you're having a rough day in traffic in Denver, Colorado? Can you actually start speaking in tongues and actually get the same edification in your soul? Absolutely. This is what I love about the Spirit of the Lord and spiritual encounters. Once God opens the door for you, He doesn't limit it. He expands it. He says, and have you guys recognized the moving of the Lord in your life? He makes you thirsty for spiritual encounters so that you'll constantly amplify them in your life because you're supposed to be people of the Spirit. Guys, 
I'm not, you don't want to have spiritual encounters once every three years. You want to have them every time you get with the Spirit of the Lord because He really is alive. He's available. Everything that's going on in heaven, He wants to pour it on you on earth. You're His church. This is who He's doing it through. And, he's, and if you guys recognize this, He's not saying just stick your toe in the water. He's saying jump in the water. <laughs> All right. So, with that, turn your attention with me. Let's pray. Okay, Lord. <laughs> You're so fun. We're here with you. Bring your power. Bring your presence, Lord. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd release your power and your presence upon us right now. Bring the yoke that you've promised of your presence upon us in the name of Jesus. And fill us, God. Fill us with your power. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so what I think I'm going to do is, I have a bunch of words here, but I'm not going to start with these. I'm going to just model how to do this. Okay, I want, you, I want you guys to see how easy this is. So, hey, Mimi, come on up. Do you mind? So, obviously, I know Mimi. I didn't pay her. Did I pay you 20 bucks to come up here? Okay, thank you. Everyone always says yes. So would you stand right here? So remember the goal here, you're going to watch me minister to her, but the goal is to have her have an encounter by the Lord. It's not, I'm not being weighed for performance. Okay, so if I make a bunch of mistakes, just enjoy it. All right? All right, do you mind just putting your hands out like it's Christmas? Thank you, Mimi. All right, so I already did it with you, but watch. Just close your eyes, focus on the Lord. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? And would you bring your power and your presence and just minister to your daughter? Did you sense the Spirit of the Lord? Can you tell us what you're experiencing? Okay, she feels like she's going to cry. Do you feel peace or love or anything like that? Okay, so she feels the weight of peace resting on her soul. Now, do you guys notice all we did was just ask the Lord to bring his presence? See, that's a spiritual encounter. Bring your presence. Now, uh, when you minister to people, all I'm doing in my own heart is I'm just trying to be at peace. And I'm just sitting here and I'm saying, now share your love with me for Mimi. Share your love with me. Now, immediately, I'm just going to describe how this happens. Now, if it seems like I'm going fast, please remember I've done more than 20,000 people at this point. Okay, if you're doing it for the first time, you're going to have to just get used to it. Immediately, I felt weakness in my soul, and then I heard a phrase from the Holy Spirit. I want to strengthen Mimi's soul. So I'm going to ask the Lord to do that. Holy Spirit, release your power to strengthen Mimi in her soul specifically. Okay, so the Lord wants me, wants me and aren't phones great in the middle of doing this? They, they like add music to it and everything like that, and so... Don't let the phone bug you. Just let it go. Uh, so, Mimi, the Lord wants me to tell you that um, he's going to come into your soul and there's a creative work he's doing inside of you about your future. And he wants you to know that you don't have to be afraid of the future or the way the future looks. He's actually going to give you hope for your future. The good things that he's told you. Now, see, what's happening is I'm actually feeling the love of God coming into me as I'm sharing this with her. 
I'm not making these up in my head. I'm listening to the Lord, and I'm hearing these words or phrases. They come as thoughts, okay? So um, the things that uh, have been going on right now, God is telling you that he is going to uh, change it so dramatically that you're gonna, it's almost going to seem like a dream to you. And what's coming in the future is going to just so satisfy your heart and God's love for you. And it has to do with something he's trying to work through in your life right now. Mimi, God is going to be a father to you like a father you've never experienced before. He's, he's going to show his goodness in ways that you've never expected. And this, you're on this really cool adventure right now of discovering the tender mercy of a father towards you. And it's going to restore your soul. And so, Lord, I just bless that. And I thank you for your goodness. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, can we talk for just a sec? Okay, what did you experience as I shared that with you? And I'll, I'll just tell everybody because you don't have a mic. Felt his presence. Did you feel his love? Yes. Did the words make any sense to you? Yes. So the words made sense to her. Anything else? So it's really confirmation of what he's been sharing with you. And did you feel comfort? Mm -hmm. Okay. You did a great job, Amy. Thank you. All right. You can make your way back to your seat. <laughs> now, um, just to show you, you don't have to be like me. God doesn't ask you to be like me. But did you notice I didn't slap her or punch her or hit her? Uh, because a lot of people think giftedness because you feel the power of God, you've got to express it or you've got to like let people have it and stuff. We would learn to do that in advanced prophetic training, but when you're first learning, <laughs> you, you don't need to do that to people. Please catch this because after I give these words and we pray for this, I'm going to have you guys pray for each other. Please, if you tend towards anything, tend towards being tender and merciful towards people as you've ministered to them. Don't yell at them. They don't need that. They get that all the time from the world. Just be kind to people, all right? All right, let's, let's go ahead and do these. Now, if this is you, please stand. I'm just going to go through these real quick because I want to make sure I stay on time here. If this is you, just stand, and I'll pray for you. Is someone here dealing with uh, Crohn's disease or problems with the left side of their colon where it's inflamed or it's in pain? If that's you, if you have Crohn's disease or problems with the left side of your colon, would you mind standing and uh, if you're dealing with that? Um, are you standing for that? You're not. You're just standing. So does anyone have that? Problems with their left colon or Crohn's? Okay, let's move on. Uh, he was showing me that someone has problems with their bones, and there was like a fracture that's happened to your bone, and it's caused a weakness. So if you've had like fracturing or you have a fracture in any part of your, your skeletal structure, would you stand? The Lord wants to minister to you. Oh, Mimi, sorry, that's you. Um, yeah, please stand. And um, let's go ahead and pray for that real quick. Now, remember, healing, I, I don't want to get into all this, but healing isn't that hard. You're asking for a spiritual encounter, all right? So Holy Spirit, bring your healing power right now upon their bodies. Uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I break the power of this weakness, and I ask, Lord, that you would mend their, mend their bones right now. Strengthen them by the power of your presence. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, thank you. Uh, if you're dealing with allergies specifically, I mean, boy, that's going to be. Now, the way the Lord, just allergies. So if you have allergies, stand. But they, the Lord was actually showing someone actually has allergies so bad that it almost makes them 
um, have a hard time breathing. It feels like they're choking. If that's you, would you stand, the Lord, wants to minister to you his healing presence? And again, just put your hands out, receive from the Lord, if you wouldn't mind. Holy Spirit, bring your healing power. Now, Lord, literally, bring your healing power over their sinuses and their lungs right now. And I don't care what people have said to them. I don't care their genealogy. I break the power of anything that is connected to that right now. And I ask that the, the blessing, you've been told us that we are in the blessing of Abraham. So I ask that the blessing of wholeness would come over their mortal bodies right now. Quicken them, Holy Spirit, and resolve this. I command the weakness of allergies to lift off of them right now in the name of Jesus. And I, and I invite you, Holy Spirit, just release your healing presence over their sinuses, over their bronchial system, and over their lungs right now, and bring wholeness to them right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, you may be seated. Is there a woman here tonight named Chris? Is there a woman here named Chris? Chris, hey. All right. Now I've got to figure out what it is. <laughs> so let's pray for you, Chris. Holy Spirit, bring your power to Chris right now. Oh, Chris, uh, you're, I've actually talked to you before, but the Lord is actually saying you're on a specific prayer training journey with the Lord right now where God is actually going to increase your understanding specifically of intercession. And it's for an assignment that he's actually taking you on because you've desired, and it's something that Jesus put in you, to be in the healing, miraculous ministry. And he's saying you're on track with him, and he's actually going to release you into doing that. So I just command, Lord, get her, release your power and your presence over her, and I ask that you'd be with her. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thanks, Chris. All right, is there a gentleman here named Lester? Lester. Okay, so we'll move to the next one. So I know a gentleman named Lester, family member named Lester. All right, let's move to the next one. Is there a Michael here? Michael. So unrelated to a gentleman named Michael. Now we got a whole bunch of people. All right, so stand up. I'm going to release it, guys, because this is how you do this stuff. So, Holy Spirit, bring your power and your presence to Michael. Now, Lord, just help me real quick. What was it you were showing me about him earlier? Oh, okay. So, Lord, I ask that this thing about strength that needs to come to his life, that you would release it right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, this transition that he's actually going through where he's asking, where is your presence, Lord? I ask that you'd meet him with your presence, that you would encounter him with your mercy and your love. And I command, we all come into agreement, and command the blessing of the Lord upon him right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Uh, is there a woman here named Hope? Hope. Okay, so I'm related to a woman named Hope. Please stand. All right, let me get what it was for Hope real quick. So Lord, I just bless you. I thank you for Hope that you're going to give this to her. Okay, Lord. All right, so the Lord is actually saying that he's going to come into her situation right now. The things that she's actually been discouraged about, he's going to break the power of that, and he's actually going to restore to her not only faith, but joy to her. And so let's pray for that. So, Lord, we ask for hope. You'd release faith and joy back inside of her experience. 
that she would recognize your presence. And we ask that, Holy Spirit, you would come and hover over her right now and bless her. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, the last two I think are kind of funny. If you're struggling with this, please forgive me. I just thought it was interesting how the Lord showed this. If you struggle with your boss right now, stand up. The Lord wants to minister to you. So if you have a struggle with your boss, (laughs) yeah, where do we go with that? And um, guys, I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you how I got this word of knowledge. I saw a scene of an office where a boss was being extremely rude and hard on you. And the Lord actually spoke to me and said, not only is he going to come into that situation, he's actually going to deliver you from it. So let's pray for that. Okay. So Holy Spirit, would you come right now to this situation with this person? Now we know you do things way beyond our understanding. Would you come into that situation? Release the power of your presence, and would you deliver them from this situation, Lord, and bless them? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. And the issue that JR has with you, Jesus, you just resolve that with him in private. Okay, the the last one is this. (laughs) If you've actually left your job recently and you're waiting for a new job, would you stand? You left your job recently and you're waiting for a new job, would you stand? The Lord wants to release something to you. Okay, so the Lord told me specifically that um, you need not only, uh, okay, the Lord is going to open a door for you to receive employment. So we're going to pray for that blessing to come. So Holy Spirit, come right now. In this situation where they're wondering, where are you in the middle of it? I ask that you'd break through right now, open doors that no man can shut, and release blessing in the arena of work right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.